0: We want to welcome all of our listeners and viewers to another episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in media, business, and tech. And joining us today is Christina Carey Dunleavy, who is the Vice President of Integrated Marketing and a professional in the entertainment industry. So let's jump in and get to know Christina. Christina, how are you today?
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Not too bad. We're excited you're joining us, and for our listeners and, and viewers that don't no, you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, tell us where you grew up. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, some of your identity and culture.
1: Sure. So born in Michigan, suburbs of Detroit, was there, you know, until I was in middle school, around 12 years old, and we moved to New Jersey, predominantly white town in New Jersey, very small town. So a bit of culture shock, but love New Jersey. And I am mixed and biracial. I am black and white, but raised by my mom and my mom's family, um, which is the white side, uh, Irish. So very interesting, but I identify as mixed as well. But, you know, if you ask what everyone else identifies me as is black. And so I get it and I am, and I uh, love it. But I think, you know, just based on where we are and how people see things, they, they definitely need it to be one or the other. From a professional standpoint, I am marketing, kind of always been in the area of marketing, all different facets of marketing, but currently I am in integrated marketing. So I work within ad sales to um, work with different brands to find uh, the best intersection between our brands and their brand.
0: That's pretty cool. How did you get started down that career path? What sort of led you in that direction?
1: You know what? I always knew I was going to be in marketing. I can remember my first grade teacher asking us what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I remember telling them, oh, I'm going to work for TV. I knew it. I was so confident in the fact uh, at six. So to find myself in it now, I'm very grateful for it, but I was very determined as well.
2: That's yeah, correct. ever since, so for those of you who don't know, so Christina and I have known each other for 20 more than half it, twenty plus years. <laughs> uh, we, we met each other as freshmen in college, both majoring in, in marketing. And I will echo what Christina said. She's always been interested in marketing from the very beginning. Even in student groups in school, she was always focused on the marketing aspect of what was going on there.
1: <laughs> yes. That, I mean, look, I love other stuff, but it is marketing. And it was funny because I do think about it when I was in first grade and I said, you know, television and marketing, there were two other things that I wanted to do and I have not succeeded at them yet. And I think I'm okay with the fact that I haven't, but it was a race car driver. (laughs) Um, Maybe when I'm driving by myself, I still have dreams of being that. And then I also wanted to own a pickle factory, which is so odd. But uh, I love them. And I thought, well, obviously you do what you love. And therefore, I thought that that was a brilliant idea. Um, you probably market
2: the hell out of a pickle factory.
1: That's right. Factory.
0: Yeah. yeah. Small batch pickles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Artisanal pickles.
1: <laughs> It'll be my whole new side gig in a little bit. Sure.
2: Why, why do you think marketing has always sort of been your interest since you were little and sort of leading into that, right? Like, what do you love about what you're doing today?
1: You know what, it's it's solving problems. It is my favorite thing to know that in every facet of marketing, I feel like you're driven by needing to find the solution to a problem, whether that is how to bring a product to market, how to keep people engaged in a program, and how to partner two brands together to deliver on potentially different objectives but yet be authentic for the consumer. So I love problems. I always think they have a solution. It may be hard to get to that solution because there are so many hurdles that could be in the way. But I, I think that is what drives me and everything. And the level of accomplishment when you solve that mm-hmm. is just, there's no better feeling. So I think that's what drives me. It's not necessarily... Like the end game, it's all the parts that make up the whole.
2: Gotcha. And, and you know, what, one thing you said in there, which I think is so important today, especially in today's climate in our country, is the authenticity aspect of it. I, I think more now than than ever before, consumers can spot when you're being a fraud or being fake, and so it's super important for for companies to be authentic to that in their
1: message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And it can be hard, right? It's, yeah. it, there's definitely vulnerability in doing so, but it's important and people are so savvy now. So to do anything otherwise, my goodness, you'll be called out on it quick as you should be. But yeah, I mean, there's missteps. I wouldn't I'd be lying if I didn't say so, but yeah. it's, it's a driver and it's an important driver to your point.
2: Yeah, another thing you said, going back to your answer a minute ago is the thrill of the accomplishment, right? Give us a sense of what you're most proud of in your career to date. you got a long way to go in your career, but you've done a <laughs> lot.
1: Look, no, don't say that. I might want to retire when I'm <laughs>
2: 45.
1: Um, you know, I'll be working forever. It is uh <laughs> I enjoy. You know, I don't know if I have, like, that accomplishment moment. Yeah. I think there's a lot of small things that, you know, over time add into a sense of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. It's such different things over time. You know, taking a position that I wanted a specific job and to keep reaching out to people I I didn't know, you know, telling them why I should be in a position, leaving a position, realizing I made a mistake Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go back to the company and to, you know, realize that. And to be able to highlight the fact that it was a mistake and to, it's, it's a very humbling moment to kind of need to go back and tell someone that you'd like to come back to simple things like education, continuing yeah. to want to learn. I have a huge belief in, um, I mean, I guess the best way to put it is like chasing curiosity. Yeah. And so in constantly doing that and have the drive to do that, is important, and when I do, you know, different things. Well, it's a certificate program, going back to grad, you know, going to grad school, and things like that. I take great appreciation for um, doing that, and you know, it's it's all of those pieces that have equaled to see progression in my career,
2: yeah, um,
1: and to be able to grow and to learn on the job, to learn from people, and to be able to um, leverage that for you know what's next or what. I want to learn, right? Because like I had mentioned, I've done kind of every facet, I don't want to say every facet, a lot of different areas of marketing and to you know be able to do that is accomplished within itself. You know a lot of times you find an area of marketing you like and you tend to stick with it. And what I had realized I wanted to t- see every area of marketing because I sure wasn't you know necessarily aware of it, right? Like when we went to school. Yeah. Marketing was taught in a very specific way and it was theoretical. Like, so yeah. to put it to practice, I needed to understand for myself, what are those different areas so I could find where my passion was at.
2: Yeah. And I, I think uh, another important thing that you're saying in there is to always look to continue to learn and get better and evolve, right? Because what marketing meant to an organization or to a company 20 plus years ago is Completely different right now, right? I feel like marketing today is much more aligned with driving revenue, much more sort of data-focused in its decision-making and helping sort of evangelize the the products and services throughout the organization, which is completely different than it was 20 years ago. Right.
1: And do you know what? And that's what's so amazing about marketing is the art and science. And that is the mixture I really enjoy because you... Are working on numbers. You're looking at data, looking at research, and then you're figuring out what the best creative is that's going, to, you know, to work. To have those both together is, you know, the perfect results for a you know a right brain left brain type. Yeah, scenario. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely. You know, it's interesting. So many companies across <laughs> several different industries are are having a, an open conversation or saying that there should be dialogue around. Inclusivity, diversity, belonging. Any thoughts on how, you know, the industry can improve on some of those really important subjects right now?
1: You know, diversity and inclusion, I think, is key. And to, to have the awareness and to practice within it, right? Whether that's unconscious bias training, whether that's, you know, it, it can manifest itself in different ways. But all of that, I think, is very important because it drives awareness, it drives insight, it drives education, and people, you know, can think of it, apply it in different ways. I think a lot of times where maybe it falters is the application of it, right? So you have diversity inclusion teams, you have diversity inclusion officers, you have You know, work that's being done to make sure employees are aware of diversity and inclusion and the biases. But are we putting it into practice? You know, when we talk about inclusion, right? So a lot of times the focus, then, even though it is diversity and inclusion, D and I, the D tends to be the main focus and to getting more people of color into an organization. But the inclusion is do they have a seat at the table? And if they do, do they get to impact change? Do they get to drive that change? And that's where I think the continuation of it needs to happen. And I I think a lot of times it falls that we hit the diversity, but the inclusion is so subjective that I don't know that I necessarily see it practiced as much.
2: Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. And, you know, I think Obviously, a lot going on in our country over the last four to six weeks that has been highlighted. And one of the things I keep saying to people is all the emotion of the last four to six weeks fades away. What are we all going to continue to do as individuals, as a society, and as businesses to sort of keep that momentum going? And I, and I think that's what you're speaking to, right, is is getting beyond sort of casting a wide net to include as many people as possible. but what are companies doing to make sure that every employee feels that they can bring their full self to work every day, and that they can actually retain employees and actually help them grow in their careers as well, too?
1: Yeah, it's key. The thing that I can tell you, like I've struggled with sometimes, is to make sure that I myself—I I won't even speak for necessarily others—that I don't feel marginalized. I don't feel like I am a token and that what I have to contribute is of equal value as others in the organization. And, you know, it's hard. And to question that and to, you know, bring that up obviously evokes such an interesting array of responses being too passionate,
2: Mm -hmm. being
1: aggressive, (laughs) being threatening. And I always find that so like dynamic that the fact that I want to ensure that my contribution means something it's real Yeah, is met with something that is negative where to me it should be positive it should be the way we want everyone to approach the role the contribution to the company and how that will help moving forward so I don't know the answer and I struggle with it and I know we've talked about it it's yeah. it's a lot and so i do appreciate you know as it has become and it should remain a, a priority i can only imagine the people trying to figure it out and a lot of times are the right teams assembled in order to help them figure that out
2: yeah yeah you're right and instead of people asking or instead of people assuming that you know you're you're angry or being aggressive they should try to understand first and foremost why you're so passionate about it right because i think that's that's what we need to sort of get at so yeah
1: but also can we just even take that word passionate is a positive yeah. that is someone is yeah. as a heightened interest
2: yeah.
1: in doing something well
2: right That's why I said passion. People should understand why. And they all had to do is flip it Instead of saying, okay, you know, Christina's being angry right now. No, flip it and say, she's being very passionate about this subject. Let me try to understand why.
1: Yeah, but we have to be very careful with that because passionate, you know, I have uh, received a review before, an annual review before. And the feedback in regards to what I could do better was to manage my level of passion, in response, and I was like, "Wow!" I said, "Can you give me an example?" Because in my thinking, being passionate, having yeah. passion, is a positive, right. and no example could be given. And I said, "You know, you really need that in order to be able to develop yourself, to be able to change, to be able to reflect on, you know, where see, someone is seeing that." And it was interesting to understand that like it was turned to a negative yeah when i don't believe that most situations would drive that as negative so right. it it's interesting in how you know words have been used that have positive connotations to reflect a negative
2: mm-hmm. and, and we we've seen that double standard before right and i don't even think that's a a race thing. I think that that's a male female thing, right? Oh. Whereas, you know, if a woman is passionate about something, right, it's looked upon as a negative. But if a man is has the same sort of uh, right. spirit about something, it's it's a positive, right? And so, how have you dealt with situations like that in the past?
1: You know, pick my battle. <laughs> right? Yeah, you have to really pick your battle um, because it's your job and you have to manage for it. So you have to be professional, but I do believe in calling out. I I think there's a way in which you do so and you can remain professional in doing so, but I think it's key and it it can be subtle in Mm -hmm. the sense that like if I, like I received it as feedback, so I am going to ask for additional clarification to understand. And my hope is in asking for that clarification to digging in on that, well, difficult and cause for an awkward situation. I'm hoping the other person is learning like, why did I use that as the description Mm -hmm. X? Because they obviously thought of another adjective. Yeah. But didn't want to express that because that for whatever reason was wrong in their head. Mm -hmm. And so I try to do that. I also come from a place like, can we be honest? Like, can we have a real talk? Because this isn't going to work. I, I can't skate around. it. I tend to be quite direct. Can I manage my directness? Yes. As I, as I age, I um, am able to finesse that maybe a bit better with time and wisdom, but I just think we all need to be a bit more honest and open and awkward's okay. I know yeah. some don't deal well with it, but it's okay. No one knows everything. I think that's really important to understand, but yeah, so it depends on the situation. But yeah. I I do agree, calling out, I think it's important.
2: Yeah, so and I, and I think you're touching on a, a couple of things there back to our D&I conversation, which is you know companies, organizations, creating an environment where people feel comfortable bringing their full self to work, right? And then on your other point, what I keep saying these days now is everyone has to start to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's the only yeah. way I think we're going to have these real conversations and move forward. So yeah. switching topics uh, a little bit, right. right? So you're a mom, you've got your career, work-life balance, tell me
1: about it. <laughs> God, it doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I say that I am a, maybe a workaholic by nature. So I don't think all of that necessarily attributes to the company or the job in which I have. I think it's innately part of me. But being a parent does make it maybe a bit more difficult to be a workaholic at all times. You know, what's so funny. I don't know that you have work-life balance. I think you just become a master multitasker. <laughs> That's how I like to see it myself. And maybe I'm just doing everything mediocre, but I like to believe I can balance in regards to when it needs to balance, how it needs to be balanced. So. My son needs to go to the dentist to get something done. That's the priority. If I have to miss this meeting, then I have to miss this meeting, you know, and that's kind of the balance you take versus, you know, deciding nine to five and yeah. then family time mm-hmm. that doesn't exist. for me, And it wouldn't work for me. I wouldn't even find joy in that setup. It's just, that's not for me, Yeah, but I try to have it like in different ways.
0: Yeah. Do you have heroes or mentors that sort of helped you sort of figure out a, a lot of different things, you know?
1: Heroes, not like maybe not in the common sense. Like, I am maybe in awe of people I've met or circumstances in which they've dealt with, and to be so blown away with how they could manage it and still, you know, live life in such a positive way. I find that fascinating. Like, I have uh, one of my um, very close friends. She has dealt with a great deal of death in her life, and of, of people very close to her. Mm. And yet, she is the kindest, most patient, hardworking person I have ever met. I don't know, like that I could do that when you know dealing with everything that she's dealt with. So that I find. You know, hero might not be the right word, but I I just find it amazing and I'm in awe of those people. Mentors, I love mentors. I think they're really important. Support, advocacy, like, I think it's such a big thing. I have self decided mentors in many ways. Like, I've kind of found myself, you know, connected to certain people. So, therefore, I feel a comfort in speaking to them and talking to them about you know, real things going on. A number of people throughout my career serve as that. And then I I tend to always make a point of joining mentor programs within the companies in which I work. It's just great access and to understand whether it's a different business unit, how someone thinks, and then, you know, able to talk about stuff that's going on at that time. So I do that as well. But mentors, I just think one, people should be mentors, and two, you to be the mentee also is just is just as important. So you have to you have to find your people. Um, you know, uh,
0: in your personal life and then in your professional life, what are some sources of inspiration for you that that inspire you?
1: Travel, right? It it, it can be kind of whatever, right? Travel, I think, is a big thing and just
2: being. This able- has to be super hard for you right now.
1: And now only that, right when it all happened in March, I had three weeks in a row of travel planned. Yeah, so yeah. I was just like, we and then we were due to go um, away, taking Connor to see his grandparents, and so it all crumbled. And it's
2: yeah, I'm supposed to be in can right now.
1: So <laughs> it's it's something else, like. But you know, you learn to appreciate different stuff. I, I'm not commuting right now at the same time. So and yeah, I travel a lot for work. And so that there's balance there, but I do enjoy travel. I like just the idea of seeing, whether it's different cultures, if, you know, we go abroad or the ability to see something through my child's eyes is uh, fascinating because the way in which he may see something is completely different than myself. And it's such a learning moment at all times, just seeing him grow. Like I have one child and he is definitely his own person so to just see how he tackles life at this age and you know he's had to deal with quite a bit for being such a young child that I'm inspired by him it it definitely makes me want to be better I try to be better you know I think that's it it's everything like I'm inspired by everything I can read a book I can read a comic I can it's anything and everything that brings joy or the desire to have some sort of action coming out of it.
2: Mm, nice, nice. So let's go back to thinking about, you know, that kid right now that's in their junior or senior year in college that's majoring in marketing. What advice would you give to that to in, that individual that's looking to start their career in your field?
1: You know, in some ways, I think it's so different now right like I think back when I was that age right now internships they say are key and I actually have great faith in internships I think they're a great thing to participate in Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the allowance to do that I had to work full-time because I had to pay for school so I couldn't you know take that break to do it but you know and maybe that's where the drive for always chasing curiosity came I, I couldn't Work in that industry from an internship standpoint, but you can access information about that industry and kind of have a more theoretical outlook on it. Mm -hmm. But I would say, you know, internships, I would say hard work like it Mm -hmm. is so important. And you know, I I think what that looks like may be a bit different now, but putting in the time, putting in the effort, yeah, um, and learning like, so if you're on an internship trying to get to know the people around you, what they do, just soak it all up, soak it in and ask questions, take advantage of opportunities that provide it to you. I think that is the best way to kind of understand it, see it, and then figure out what it is you want to do. Yeah, I don't know that there's like that perfect path, like that Uh, perfect formula that will have you end up and, you know, doing what you want to do. Like, I think it's...
2: Yeah, I think today, more now than ever before, right? There's no sort of set manual or blueprint, right? Like you can... And I think that's kind of what you're trying to do at.
1: Yeah. And I will say, do you know what was interesting? And maybe this is very different than other schools. Where we went to school, a lot of our marketing instructors were actually professionals.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that gave us kind of a very different outlook on marketing as a whole where I know like when my sister where she had gone to school much larger university they were educators
2: right. um,
1: they right. were you know professors so I think the balance is different so I that's why internships could be quite important because you'll have access to yeah. professionals yep. in it and then if you don't do that I would seek out Professionals in other capacities, like whether it's there's so much access now, Instagram. I mean, you could find anybody and kind of have that dialogue with them just kind of to get a sense of it.
2: Right, right. Yeah, there's so much you can just soak up out there from a social media perspective just to just learn. Yeah. So, all right. So, here we go. Give us three apps on your phone that you
1: use regularly and you cannot name. Email app or the calendar app. I'm assuming I can't uh, do my text either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. I need to add that one to the list. No one's actually given us that one yet. Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh my god! I am a text maven. Everything is uh, text. Well, Instagram.
2: Yeah.
1: I love. I, yeah, I love it. So much information coming out of that. And then, well, look, we're in COVID, right? So there's definitely a shift in what apps I use because I would say Amazon. Mhm, yeah and instacart the cart <laughs> <laughs> those would be big ones, but I mean, I am like I quite enjoy Instagram, and there are definitely rabbit holes that go down in content there, Twitter, like all of those I think are big ones
2: all right, so social media and home delivery service. Yes. <laughs>
1: Otherwise it would be like Disney Junior, <laughs> Netflix uh for Pokemon for Khan like it's where it.
0: Well, Christina, thanks so much for hanging with us. Hey, a lot of our listeners like to stay in touch and, and follow you. How can they follow you and get in touch with you? LinkedIn. Excellent.
1: Yeah, they can well, reach out my emails on there as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. And as you know, you can find us everywhere you find all your audio and video. Just search for Minority Report Podcast and uh, look for the logo. Thanks, everyone.